Greetings, Tarnished. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know, but maybe you need to find the Elden Ring, not the Lord of the Rings or the One Ring, but the Elden... What does any of this mean? We're talking about Elden Ring! everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show my name is drew and i didn't do my homework this week we're here to talk this of course is the more you nerd uh the podcast about doing cool nerd stuff and talking about it uh we're talking about elden ring this week and boy howdy am i bad at this game but that i'm not bad enough that i can't do this by myself no i need someone to help me my words are escaping me right now. This is a terrible intro. Miles, save me. Save me, Tarnished. I'm maidenless right now. Well, try finger butthole. Gonna make <laughs> you put an explicit tag on this episode. How was that explicit in any, any way? <laughs> um, yes, we are doing Elden Ring this week. When we initially had set up for our video game month, that kind of... I mean, it's it stayed on thing, but it kind of fell apart as we tried to do it. <laughs> um, this was one of the games. This was the game that I, I inevitably wanted to finish the month out with. We initially were like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll play, um, you know, some other new games and kind of do what we did in January, but with video games. And then we realized, holy hell, we don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We, were gonna we talk had a about, lot of uh, things going on in our personal lives, which we have vaguely uh, <laughs> made reference to. And 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 frankly, uh, I I don't know how uh, some games journalists do. I mean, I know they get it like way, way in advance, but um, just they also get time. To, they also get to do it, you know, all day as a job. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we we. We did not. And I'm sure there's plenty of games podcasts who would put us to, to shame for saying something like that, but whatever. Um, but I did want to talk about Elden Ring. This is in um, some of our personal circle, uh, one of the most anticipated games of the year. And it is one that I mean, for those who don't know, it's an it's a um, a, a game that came out in this February, uh, February 25th, 2022, uh, developed by From Software, who is known primarily these days as, at least Armored for the last Core. 15 years, Armored Core for the Souls games, <laughs> um, starting with Dark Souls and then that entire trilogy, Bloodborne, which has birthed the, the kind of unofficial genre title Soulsborne. It's like it's um, yes, like Metroidvania, uh, you know. It's yeah, an, it's, it's, it's an it's, unnecessary it's, combination of. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it's unnecessary. I mean, it's Soulsborne just sounds fun, same it's as fine. does Metroidvania, um, even though they're both kind of doing the same thing. And uh, and these games are known for their their challenge. That that is one of the the big draws for a lot of people about these games is that they. I, for me, the, and the first time I, when I played Demon Souls, when it first released for the PS3, it reminded me of playing games when I was a kid. I mean, it was, you know, kind of beating your head against the wall and and getting frustrated because of the difficulty, which 
a lot of people feel like is absent in a lot of games. And that's not that's not that I'm not making any other comment in, in other than that. That's that's how some people feel. There has grown a very, very rabid fan base that seems to have uh, a reputation earned or not. Um, I have very many friends who are amongst this fan base who I think are incredibly lovely people and are generally excited about people playing these games. But I have also seen because, you know, you can't have a normal conversation on Twitter. Uh, some some pretty, pretty poor exchanges. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it just depends on your experience. But be that as it may, these games are known for their difficulty. We have done. Uh, at least one Souls game in the past. Or no, we did Bloodborne as well, didn't we? We did. We, yeah, we did the first Dark Souls, uh, which again, there was Demon Souls and then there was Dark Souls and Dark Souls is the one that really took off. And we also did Bloodborne. Oh, um, did you just play Dark Souls 3 on your own? I played Dark Souls 3 on my own. And for the record, I, I almost beat Dark Souls 3. I could never take the final boss down. I just couldn't do it. Uh, and then another game came out. So I I'm switched focus to something else. But I am not awful at Soulsborne games. I am really bad at Elden Ring. Um, well, so here's here here's the thing, and and let's just kind of get into it because, uh, in a nutshell, the easiest thing that people have been saying is, "What if Dark Souls but Breath of the Wild?" And that is a honestly a good shorthand for giving someone an idea about this game. It doesn't matter how accurate it is because some people, well, it's really like about this. So for shorthand, if I'm talking to someone who's maybe not as familiar with games, if I said Dark Souls meets Breath of the Wild, they know what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah, a previous Dark Souls as a game had I mean, it, it, it had pathways It had pretty defined pathways. And as you went along, you might unlock a shortcut so that you could get around a little easier without having to go through uh, different uh, different little save spots over and over again. Uh, this game is open world it has a map you get a horse you ride around on that horse and you can find yourself very quickly in places that you are not ready to be in way faster than you ever could in dark souls which is uh interesting to say the least um and then you get to the first boss of the game and realize that you can't take that boss down and you just have to go and and, and go across the world and hey you'll defeat some other really powerful things and get cool stuff and meet a weird pot guy not like a pot guy but like he's a, a pot he's like a like a, a clay pot a giant pot that's what he is um we, we should talk about the other big elephant in the room and that is the double middle initialed uh co-writer of this game uh, yeah um, so a lot was made out of the fact that a lot of the lore and world building was written by George R.R. R. Martin, most famously known as the novelist of A Song of Fire and Ice series, Rise and Fire series, a.k.a. Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones. Um, and Miyazaki basically has kind of, uh, um, Sorry, I did. Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the the director of the Souls uh, titles, well, not all of them, but one and one three Bloodborne. I uh, believe he also did Sekiro uh, and Demon Souls. Um, 
one of the, one of the, the former uh, creator or, or lead creators of of from software has essentially uh, kind of said that he compared to using Martin's contributions as the foundations of the game's narrative, comparing the process to that of using uh, a Dungeons Master handbook in a tabletop RPG rather than having an author who like scripted everything. And I'm sure Martin scripted a lot of things that end up in the game, but that that honestly makes a lot of sense to me These because games. of the way that souls born games uh sprinkle their lore in a very different fashion than a lot of games tend to do these games have never been about the story up front. It has been about the gameplay experience and you might get a cutscene at the very beginning and you might get uh, a character talking to you about things and very often uh, in these games, there are names that are dropped or loose plot threads that honestly don't make a ton of sense. And even when you get to the final boss of the game, like I don't exactly know what Dark Souls three story well, was. And I definitely so Darks, the, the, all these games have a, a very deep lore. They have a lot of things, but it's not it's not one you're going to go through by just, you know, running through the game. It's it's one that you really have to care to take attention to yeah and like, like destiny where the lore is based in these grimoires that you collect yeah. that you have to go to a specific point in, in in the menu of the game to read or in the case of destiny one the app on your phone yeah. about the game the, the the lore of of soulsborne games is typically in things that you randomly pick up or you you find around the world or or you kind of realize at the end of a of a of a side quest um as something as somebody drops a, a little bit of knowledge that informs something else that you may or may not recognize in the moment. <laughs> I am um I actually very much like a lot of the way that Dark Souls or all these games kind of do their lore. Um I like I like having a different flavor of things and I certainly like it in an open world game because the and this game very much wants its players to treat it like we did back in the day, back before there were guides or quest trees where there is constantly something weird to discover. And there some of these some of these quest lines are extremely obtuse, like there's one oh where you have to get the finger snap emoji or, uh, or not emoji, but emote so that you could do it at a certain ruin at night when a wolf howls. Oh, that so that's what that means. OK, so the other side of Soulsborne games, if you've never played one, is that on the ground you find lots and lots of white text. And this yeah. white text is written some by, left by other players. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of them left by other players, some of which are lies and some of which are not. And some of which are like try snap or hidden door or liar ahead <laughs> or layer ahead sometimes uh, it, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty wild just a, an ominous warning because you only have so many characters to do it that people can't go like hey will you really want to do this right here because this and this and this happens you got like 20 characters i actually don't know how many characters you have but i've never seen a, a verbose one of those things yeah so some of them do, uh, and some of them kind of kickstart cutscenes. Or, I mean, I've I've 
honestly looked up a couple things just because I wanted to see the ping pong of it. Um, and, and they are, they're wild. I mean, some of them are like, how, how, if I didn't look this up, how would I know? But the, the whole thing is like, there's so many things buried in this game that they want people to talk. They want people to communicate with one another and be like, Hey, check out this cool thing. And because I remember being a kid and having a game that someone else had, and we would talk endlessly about things that we discovered or things that we, we unlocked. And it's, it's become less exciting to talk about that because all of it's like, Oh, this is just kind of, you know, humdrum. This is how you get this thing, blah, blah, blah. Some of these things don't matter at all. It's just doing them. And I, I really love the idea that I feel like the people behind the, the, the uh, developers behind this game really love video games. I think they love what, they believe gaming culture should be. And I think they they made a game that very much wants to reflect the way they see gaming. And I think that's really cool. No matter how you feel about the game, I think that that kind of way or mindset in developing a game is extremely awesome. But let's let's get into the game itself, because so Elden Ring essentially plays like the Dark Souls games in terms of its combat. Now, there are certainly some differences. Um, a lot of them that I, I preferred. I, I have never thought that the Souls games have the tightest controls, uh, or at least the most intuitive. I've always thought they could use a little bit of tweaking, but people seem to love what they do so much that they really haven't tried to, to reinvent the wheel for themselves. So if you've played any of the dark souls games, you will be pretty at home in Elden ring in terms of how to move about the world. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so there's a lot of rolling and ducking. And if you choose a class that has a shield, there are some parry things that you can do, which I've never been good at. So Miles is apparently very good at the parrying of, of things. Oh, I'm not saying I'm good. I'm saying that's why that, that's that's the class I'm playing is, is a shield boy. I got a shield and a sword. So what 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 class did you pick? To start I think I with? picked. Uh, there are 10. There are 10 Vanguard, classes, I think. Uh, uh, Vagabond, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Vagabond. So, so there's hero which is looks like a, a axe and shield. There's bandit, which is like a dagger, a bow. Uh, there's astrologer, which has both a sword and some magic spells. There's warrior, which I picked, who has two swords, a double swordy boy. Uh, there's prisoner, which has, I think, a staff and 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 a shield and staff and sword. Confessor, uh, something called a wretch, a vagabond, a prophet, and a samurai. And they all look really cool. They have cool stuff that they that they look like because uh, the 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 design of this game is really neat. Um, and really the only thing that's keeping you from doing anything in these games is like a, like a dungeons and dragons or pathfinder or Starfinder character. Really the main difference between these things is the stats that they start with. I, I don't believe that there is anything stopping me from leveling my warrior to do everything that a, an astrologer can do. I just have no, to not necessarily. 
uh, I, I just have to have the right the 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 right amount of intelligence to use this weapon or dexterity to use this weapon and the capability to learn the spells and things like that, which is yeah. not necessarily something you can do for everything. And the game doesn't necessarily reward you for kind of playing middle ground because there are spells and stuff that you that you can get that cost like or that not cost, but like require um, require like 60 intelligence. So you have to have been leveling up your int um i'm thinking specifically of the combat spell it may not be int but it's what's one of those that is magic focused um there are certain swords and stuff that you can get that you have to have a certain amount of strength to to have and like you can you can dip in here and there because there are some swords that you know oh you need to have a little bit of a deck so you gotta spend a couple levels getting your decks up uh just to be able to, to wield you know this specific weapon um and there are a variety of weapons and there will be a lot of times we will find one weapon that you use for a very long time until you kind of learn oh i can either level this weapon up to where it's as good as this other one or you know the game finally kind of you you know you may have put maybe 40 hours of the game <laughs> and you realize oh i'm still basically in the starting land yeah. There is a lot more Elden Ring to go. <laughs> and and there seems to be. I have played this game a decent bit. I have not beat the first boss of the game. I could not lock into this. So let's so So I, I was teasing you before we 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 play or we started recording uh cuz you're still on the the first uh mid-level boss. In, in not the first mid-level boss, but the mid-level boss in the first proper castle. And it is one that has stopped a lot of a lot of players initially. I know this. I know this boss had a reputation. Uh, yes, um, I I didn't find him too too bad. I mean, I, I here's the, here's the beautiful thing about this this game is, and it's one it'll do you some good to kind of read a couple of articles like fifteen things you should know before we start playing Elden Ring. It's a it's it's one of the few times where I've found those kind of articles to have some insight because. It does drive home the fact that, hey, if you're having trouble with something, leave, go somewhere else and start leveling up and you'll find other bosses, other things that you can do. There is so much to explore and discover. Like I've I started doing things to where I wanted to go discover places, whether or not I could do anything in there just so I could, you know, get the little grace point so I could fast travel when I was I was good enough. And and that's that is a, another fun thing about this game, um, though, there is a, a key to that. And this is the other part of this game that you have to be in the right mindset to play. So the other game that I've been playing a lot right now is Horizon Forbidden West, which is another open world game. Horizon Forbidden West is littered with icons on the map of there was a thing here to do and a thing here to do and a thing here to do. And you've done this thing and you've done this thing, but there's something over here. And this is still covered with fog because you haven't done this. Elden Ring doesn't do that. The best that you get is that certain locations have their names on the map. And then you have a big gold line that just shows you a direction of where the story is trying to take you. And that's not necessarily where you want to go. Because like Miles said, sometimes you want, you can't beat that boss. You need to go and just kind of walk around. And all of a sudden you find yourself, uh, you're in kind of like a, a deserty kind of, kind of sparsely vegetated area. And now you're in a swamp and 
all of a sudden there's a gigantic lobster monster to run away from. What is the lobster? And there's another lobster. And oh, I think I'm finally safe after escaping from the lobster monsters. I'm going to go just rest under this big plant. Now the plant is attacking me. Ah! There's yeah, a lot there, going there, on in this there, game. There are very <laughs> few places for uh, respite in this game. And there's no pause. That's the other fun thing. So that is one thing I wanted to bring up. I understand this is an online game. Um, but one thing that I have taken umbrage with in this game is the lack of pause button um, or or um, maybe an offline mode. Maybe there is one. I just don't know about it. An offline mode where you can just like now you can pause. Um, there are so many times that I have had to take a call or I have had something come up or someone walks in and asks me a question that requires my attention and I just lost 20,000 souls <laughs> or runes in this game. Yeah. So uh, because my my attention was distracted for just a little bit. So the, in the way this the way this game works, you defeat enemies and you pick up runes from the enemies that you have to get to a certain amount of before you can spend them to level up your character. And every time you level up your character, the amount of runes that you need goes up. Um, when you die, the runes that you're carrying drop on the ground where you died. And if you can get back to where you died and pick them up, you get all of them back. But if you die getting back there, bye bye runes. Which is a fun punishment mechanic. Um, it has been that way since since Demon Souls and possibly even that obscure PS1 game that all of these are based on that I don't remember the name the what the name of it is. But uh, uh, Miles, did you know there's a there's a secret hidden way to pause the game? No. You have to go into your menu and you have to load one of the tutorial sections. That it does like a tutorial video, and while the tutorial <laughs> video is playing. It it takes you out of the the online campaign and effectively functions as a pause. I say that today they could patch that out tomorrow uh, because they have that capability to do that. <laughs> Usually when I'm, I, I need a pause, it needs to be a lot faster than being able to pull up a menu <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> that's not in intensely helpful for me. Um. <laughs> And and I'm not dogging the game for not having a start button. I play I've been playing Destiny for a decade almost, and it does not have a start button. It's also a lot more forgiving in if you die, it's whatever. Um, because if you're in a situation where it matters if you live or die, you should just not play. And I understand that should apply to what I'm talking about with Elden Ring. The problem is in Elden Ring, 90% uh, of the map is trying to kill you at all times, yes. where I can scoot off on my little sparrow in Destiny and go off to this little patch and nothing's going to bother me. Um, you, you walk out into the open world of Elden Ring for the first time and you don't have your horse yet. You don't have anything yet. You can't even level up yet. <laughs> and you just look over and you see, oh, there's a bad guy on a horse. Let me go. Uh, tree uh, sentinel. Yeah, let me go uh, take this guy out and see if I can get some. Oh, no, he one shotted me. <laughs> no, and I, th this is so this is something I love that they have done is there are several bosses or enemies sprinkled throughout the beginning area of Elden Ring that are difficult to kill, even as you level up. I've, I'm a higher level. There's still one uh, boss I've had some trouble with that's in the starting area. And, I mean, it wasn't the Tree Sentinel. I, as soon as I leveled up enough, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> my first mission was to take him out because I remember my first steps uh, too. <laughs> And, and, and I wanted to repay the, the favor. And that's that's the other funny thing about it is like I so I uh, I didn't I couldn't beat the tree sentinel and I started running around and I found my way down to the beach and I found some some things that seemed difficult to beat, but I could beat them because I could roll around them and and all of this stuff. And I'm doing all this things like, why can't I level up yet? Why can't I level up yet? Yeah, it's because I walked all the way halfway across the map and the and the the starting the starting area. And didn't walk five feet in front of me to the church that has the person that tells you how to level up. And I was like, oh, OK, well, that makes sense. And then, you know, you, you get on a little bit more of a guided path as you do that. And I both simultaneously like that they give you that freedom and loathe that they give you that freedom because I am old I need a little handhold to tell me what to do because uh, this game is a little, uh, a little darker. I can't play this game while my kids are around. So it's like, um, so I, I, so I, I, so like, oh, I might start playing this game at nine 30 and not, and that's partially why I haven't been able to lock into this game so much is that I just haven't had a ton of time to play it. When, um, before this game came out, there was a couple of, uh, journalists who were, saying that one thing that you should do is have a notebook handy. Because this game doesn't save things for it. you can you can put waypoints on on there and everything. But if you go to a location, unless you put a waypoint on there again, it goes away. And this goes back to what I was talking about about this time last year when we were talking about Zelda to the Adventure of Link and how this is a game that gave you very little direction that you could go across the free world and had a manual in which all the story was was located, but also pages and pages for you to take notes because Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, definitely requires figuring things out, writing them down, and then going across the map to do something else. And I, 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 I said this last year that I, I guarantee that FromSoft had some sort of of inspiration from those early games, even if it's just in the back of their heads from playing as kids. But it definitely gives me that vibe. And I love I love that you can walk around and completely miss some very obvious things at the start of the game. It's it tickles me. It also reminds me of something like Myst. Myst is another game where we I have played a lot of point and click adventure games. But a lot of point and click adventure games have a journal and an inventory list and a, a, a selection of notes in game and Mist does not have any of that. It counted on you to play the game its way. I think that while that some of that is true for Elden Ring, I think the opposite is true just because of the nature of it is when you're playing a, 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 a point and click adventure, you have to play the game its way because otherwise you will not progress you'll just go back and forth between the same five screens over and over again yeah but in a game like this you can just go where you want generally do what you want generally there are things in in a dark soul style that you can't you have to access like i just found a spot in a, in a pathway through a cave that was locked from the side i was so i'm gonna have to find the other way around and unlock that for that quest to continue yeah, and there are certain parts of the map that you can't obtain super easily. And because I have unlocked a good chunk of the map, but there are other parts where it's like, oh, yeah, you have to do this, this and this. And I'm just not high level to to do a lot of that nonsense. And then I realized, oh, I missed an entire like castle. 
way over here to the to the far northeast and I, oh i should do that um and it's great because like i remember a lot, a lot was said a lot of a lot of players had trouble with uh godric who is the first proper well not the first but the first proper boss of elden ring in terms of uh what you come across he's he's the boss of the first castle but from, from my, what i heard from a lot of people oh actually you should probably beat the second boss of elden ring because it's much more manageable and by that point you would have leveled up enough that you can go back and easily handle godric which is exactly what i did <laughs> I I, see, I I heard so many things about, you know, play your own way and play your own way. And, and that's why I have not really looked up anything. Uh, well, I mean, I, there was just a lot of conversation that was happening at the time on Twitter. And I was just starting to use Twitter more frequently again. And, and everyone was talking about Elden Ring, obviously. And I agree, though, play your own way, because this is a game that... <sighs> You know, okay. So the, the FromSoft games, they have their de- their reputation for difficulty, but I I have never found that the FromSoft games are entirely unfair. They want you to be prepared. They want you to take it seriously, and they want you to like you're not going to coast through it. If you got to study a pattern, you got to do it. You got to do everything. You can't be lazy about it. The game um, obsessively just doesn't suffer fools, and I take that personally as a fool. So <laughs> I take that as a written invitation to be as foolish as I can sometimes. And it creates some hilarious moments. I have done some asinine things in this game. I have gotten away with some really dumb things that were purely born out of whimsy and mischief more than, oh, I wonder, like, how can I beat that thing? It's more like I'm going to go and I'm just going to slap this dragon on the tail and see what happens. <laughs> and sometimes that has accidentally led to, oh, wait, I've kind of gotten this thing a chunk down. I think I could beat this thing. <laughs> the and other- I have beaten a dragon far outside of my level range. And they gave me like 80,000 runes when I was like level 20, which is a lot <laughs> at that level. Wow. I wish I knew how you did that because I would love that. Um, the, the- um, summons and a horsey. The other side of that is one of the first parts that you get through is this sort of little valley that you have to go through uh, outside of this camp of soldiers. And Mm -hmm. the second you start going in, this giant troll drops from the sky in the middle of it. And I died to that over and over and over again until I realized I just got on my horse and raced past the entire thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and never went the, I mean, that was my first instinct. You could also, you learn, just go around. See, I couldn't find the way there's around. A way to, to, yeah. There's a way just to, 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 just to go around. <laughs> I, I looked for it and I couldn't find it without dropping off. a cliff you, you, and You'll find it later. It's, it's, I didn't find it immediately. And that's what I love about this game is you were constantly discovering things. There is a, and I love constantly discovering things because one thing we haven't talked about is how freaking gorgeous this game's design is. It's very pretty. It it, it, it and and I I didn't think it was that good looking at first because everything feels very um like it's it's sparsely vegetated. It's kind of big and open, but then you get to points where it's way more foresty and a rock encrusted and then you've got 
like swamps and things like that and all of this very different style of 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 look and it's like okay so not only is this game just this game world just big it's also varied and yes and 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 there's a whole land that is kind of actually just on fire (laughs) like there's a lot of stuff going on no caleb I don't know what the names of any of these things are. I keep going back and forth between stuff because fast travel is is free. <laughs> yeah, no. Um. So and that's the best part is like you'll find random things. Just, just I mean, I've found so many odd things just kind of like you'll want to get to a certain point. Like, oh, I'm going to do some big things. And then sometimes you're like, I just kind of want to fart around for a little bit and see what's around here. And because you will find things just randomly hidden. And sometimes they're literally hidden like there will be things that are almost invisible. Like there's there's one person you can find. Who is disguised as a tree. And you hear a voice and you're like, what, what, where is it coming from? And I just started like swinging at things and I ended up hitting a bush and the bush goes, ow. <laughs> and I was like, well, by golly. I found a friend. And the next time you find that friend, if you go through this cave and you beat all the bad guys, or whatever, um, eventually you he awards you with something. I can't remember what um, golden thread or something. Uh, but there's just so many things in this game, and it's exactly what an open world game needs to feel like, because I often find that a lot of open world games get exhausting very quickly um I, there has been a lot of talk about uh current game design with you know quest lists and and all of that sort of thing i don't have too much of an interest in that conversation to be perfectly honest i think some games really uh, do well with that and some don't however i feel like a lot of games tend to be open world and exceptionally repetitive and they don't have a lot to do because the the developers wanted to make things longer, not better. And Uh, and, and, and while there are certainly elements that are repeated in Elden Ring, it is, I feel like, a smaller percentage than a lot of open world games that we find today. And again, I will compare it to to Horizon because I'm playing that game and I really like Horizon Forbidden West. Do not think this is me, uh, you know, hating Horizon Forbidden West. But that game has a lot of doing the same stuff in different locations. A check it's very checklisty in a way that Elden Ring is not because there is no checklist other than the checklist that you make. And that is pretty cool. Um Miles, I gotta be a hundred percent honest with you, dude. I wanna go play Elden Ring right now. I don't know how much steam I have to talk about it because I wanna go and play it. <laughs> um it's funny as 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 I'm reading this, I just saw something posted. Uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco interested in working with uh, Mistborn and Stormlight Archive author Brandon Sanderson. Um, <laughs> and I guess things related to Elden Ring because they sent him a giant Elden Ring package, uh, which would be wild. Well, uh, again, Elden Ring has has sold enough that it is now considered not just a game, not just a Soulsborne game, but it is being called a franchise by Bandai Namco, which is the publisher of this game. Which gives me a little pause because Elden Ring is a beautiful artistic expression. And it's not that you can't make sequels to beautiful artistic expressions. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm hoping the first 
inclination isn't just to make Elden Ring 2. Yeah, I um, mean, you have to you you can't dilute the waters. You can't, you know, the, the, if something yeah. is really good, sometimes you can do something similar, but not something that's exactly the same. Uh, I don't know, because because some things are meant to have one entry and some things are meant to have have multiple sequels. Right. And, you know, yes, there are three Dark Souls games and one of them is not looked at very kindly. So it's. It's hard to say it was at least it, it got good reviews when it came out, but Dark Souls 2 is typically seen as the the lesser of the trilogy. It's the middle child uh, of the trilogy. Um, ap- apologies to middle children. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but then you also have Bloodborne. And and so I, 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 I could also see them doing something similar. But Elden Ring, I feel like is something that can be expanded upon, but maybe not necessarily needing a sequel. I, I could easily be proven wrong. I've been proven wrong by stating that before. I thought The Last of Us did not need a sequel and very much enjoyed the second one, despite it being very sad and depressing. Well, well, so, um, well the, the other side of that is that a game like this takes time. This game was announced in 2019. Obviously, pandemic production schedules slowed down game making, but it was announced in 2019. It came out in 2022. So that's just three years right there. And you figure they had to already have been at least a year working on it. Yeah, they they started work on this game in 2017 following the release of the Dark Souls 3 DLC, The Ring City. It was developed alongside alongside Sekiro. And obviously, this took much longer to develop than Sekiro because this is an open world game. And they, for the most part, took it. I mean, not for the most part, but they took it very, very seriously. And I appreciate, you know, how a lot of these different castles and stuff feel. Yes, some of the catacombs do feel a little samey, but I would compare that to some of the uh temples in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And and that's perfectly fine. You can have look, catacombs aren't exactly that fascinating to begin with. They're you know, so I, it's fine. Um but I do feel like this game has a lot to offer and there are sometimes when you're when you're you kind of wandering around and you're like am i the good guy because you'll see these two warring people like fight you'll see like a bunch of like demi demi humans and soldiers fighting and and you obviously you slaughter them all because well the soldiers have been killing you the entire game at this point (laughs) right and we don't know necessarily know you don't really know why at this point but there are a lot of people and there's also a lot of people in this game who are just working. They are digging graves or they are mining or and like if you don't attack them, they will not bother you at all. There is one guy in particular who you have a whole conversation where he tells you to, to get away from him because he just wants to to he doesn't like you and he just wants to eat his fish. And he's surrounded by white text and I wanted to attack him, but I didn't attack him. Because I wanted to beat him yeah, in the first and- <laughs> the first shot. I also love how Elden Ring and, and and honestly the soul's messaging thing, which is I have I have complicated feelings about the messages in in Souls games. And I find them to be helpful I, about 25% of the time. <laughs> correct. And I find them to be annoying about 70% of the time. And then 5% of the time, they're delightful. 
And when they are delightful, they, it has developed its own mimetic language to where if you see the reference of a dog, you know it's talking about a turtle. Because consistently throughout the game, when you come across turtles, you see a species, is this dog? <laughs> and even when you're looking for, like there's a one point where you have to search for a turtle, it says dog up ahead, it's a turtle. <laughs> see, I hadn't gotten far enough in to, to see that yet. And there's even like a, a turtle pope. I've heard about turtle great. pope. I've heard about turtle giant pope. talking turtle with a pope hat. It's wonderful. <laughs> and then that character serves a purpose because they're in a church that can absolve you for of your sins. And what that means is if you accidentally hit somebody who is now aggroed at you every single time you want to approach them, if you go to this church and you get absolved, they are no longer aggroed at you, which is great. Because, yeah, if you whack somebody, yeah, you're you're out of luck. They they don't like you. <laughs> so I need just to like in real life. Turtle Pope. <laughs> so I love Turtle Pope. Uh, obviously, this game, uh, if you have not heard about it. Has been getting rave reviews. It has a 95 or 96 out of 100 score on Metacritic across the different platforms. It's gotten so multiple, like one of the highest, I think, ever, ever. And I just want to say, because I have to say this. This game is very highly regarded by specific specific types of gamers and the, that specific type of gamers are the ones who are going to review something on Metacritic. <laughs> Uh, well, but it's also a lot of game journalists have also regarded it very highly, even if they're like, ah, it's not for me. But I mean, you're looking at. I mean, from Famitsu, who gave it a near perfect score, which they traditionally don't very much do. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of 10 out of 10s. There's a lot of nine out of 10s. There's a lot of of 90s out of 100s. Uh, it, it, the, the important thing, and I just I have to say this because. It needs to be said, this game is maybe the best version of this type of game that has ever been created. But if you don't like this type of game, it may not be for you. And that's OK. I'm mm -hmm. questioning if it's for me because I'm having a very difficult time with it. And that's OK, guys. That's OK. Not every game is for every person. No, and, and that's that's fine. Um, and there was there was also a lot that was said about how this is the most accessible Souls game. And that is true to a degree. But I think a lot of people thought, oh, this is going to be a super accessible game for everybody. And it's like, no, this is still not a, you know, regular Joe walking in and is going to know what's going on. It's still a Souls game. Still it's still a soul, a soul game. style game. It still, still very has difficult. difficulty spike. It is certainly not as difficult as uh, some of the souls games that I've played in the past in a lot of ways. And it also has some of the more difficult bosses I've I've played. So, I mean, there's a little bit of everything. I, I feel like on a whole, yes, it is a little bit more accessible. It's a little bit more forgiving because of the nature of it being an open world game that you can explore, get better and come back. A lot of the Dark Souls games have specific paths like Drew was talking about. Where, yes, you can you can grind, but there's not a whole lot of places for you to go where in this game, it's like, all right, well, I'm beating my head against um, God, God, uh, Godric, whatever his name is. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go mess around in the poison forest for a little bit, or I'm just gonna go explore and fa- accidentally find some bosses that are named bosses that are kind of more my speed, and some of those bosses end up becoming regular enemies. Yeah, I mean, I I was in a dark cave and came across two named dudes that I took out in the first time I played the game, and or the first time I took you know, and oh, is that I, the coastal cave? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, I know exactly where. But but I did that also way later. So because I <laughs> I went back to the coastal cave just to explore. And then I found a whole other area where I can turn in dragon parts and I haven't even encountered any dragons yet. There's a lot to this game, gang. That's what we're saying. And I think that is probably going to wrap up our talk about Elden Ring. It's a great game. It's a really difficult I could, game. I could, I could talk about it all night. <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm putting the, I'm putting the cap on it because the more you talk about it, the less I get a chance to go and play it tonight. Well, and and that that is one thing I wanted to say, and one thing I did warn Drew about before we we took this on for the podcast is that, and I, I meant this in 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 the most polite way is it's not a casual game in that. You can't pick this game up for 45, 30 to 45 minutes and feel like you did anything. I'm, you I'm, need I'm a, a good, sh- I mean, at least two hours to feel like you actually played the game. Uh, and that is, that's where I am right now. I just don't have enough time to dedicate to and it. I, and, and, like, you know, that's where it is. I, I get it. If I, if I have a free hour and it's like, oh, I could play a, a game and I'm like, oh, I want to play Elden Ring and an hour ain't going to cut it. So I'm going to go read. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, gang, that's going to wrap up our talk about Elden Ring and that's going to wrap up our talk about video games. Oh, man. Well, at least for this month, <laughs> at least for this month, uh, as we move into next month and we switch up our topics a little bit. Um, Christmas is coming early, Miles. Because well. <laughs> this year. Things are going to be a little different. We're not doing anime this year. And why am I talking about May already? Because, gang, we're going to do Animapril. Hi-oh! Yeah, Drew, Drew had a specific idea he wanted to do for May this year. And so the the compromise that was that we're going to move anime up one month. And we had this idea cooking for a little bit of how we wanted to approach anime this year. Uh, we're going back to doing television shows, but we are taking kind of a cue from our buddy tv's travis uh host of what you haven't seen and let's watch highlander in that there are some large anime television shows that i have never seen uh mostly because i wasn't interested at the time and drew i know you're the same way same it's a big same big same and so we're going to cover some titles that people are might be surprised that we've never seen an episode of. Uh, in fact, I only know it through some of meme conversations. But next week, we are going to start off uh, Anime April. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. OK, it works. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> with the long running and very popular series, Inuyasha. Inuyasha uh, revealed kind of to the American world as part of Adult Swim and Toonami. Toonami, which just celebrated a couple of weeks ago, its 25th anniversary. You're going to hear us talk about Toonami probably a little bit in the coming month. Uh, And uh, Inuyasha, the story of uh, a girl who overcame time and 
a boy was just overcome, which also happens to be. Don't read the the, the, the title of the first episode. Happens to be the title of like the you first know what you're talking about. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know what it's about because I've never seen it before. Yeah, I have. I have no preconceived notions. I just know that I, it didn't seem like from the trailers I watched back in the day. It didn't seem didn't really catch me. And I did, I remember the them making trailer or uh, commercials that were like making fun, of the, not making fun of the show, but kind of like lovingly riffing itself where it's like Inuyasha Kakome, Inuyasha Kakome. And I asked someone who was a, a fan, it's like, yeah, that's kind of the show. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So I'm 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 doing this to in kind of an old, the more you nerd fashion to expand my nerd horizons expand Drew's nerd horizons and give the, a show a shot that i have i've never seen a single episode of i yeah. have never seen an episode of this show I, I know the main character or at least i know what inuyasha looks like because you couldn't not uh watching any tsunami commercial in the the early 2000s and uh so so that's what we're gonna do uh Actually, gonna- i'm looking at the four shows for for april and let me make sure we don't mess up and uh, one, two, okay. There's only four weeks. Sometimes there's a fifth week and we, we have to scramble. No, I, I checked that um, earlier. Four, it's all good. Of the four shows we are doing for April, I have never seen a single episode of anyone except one. And it was three o'clock in the morning and I was kind of inebriated. So it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is honestly like I haven't seen, I've wanted to watch one of these, uh, but I haven't seen any of these. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Luckily, one of these, I think, actually ended up being recommended by Alex DeCampi several years ago. I believe so. I believe so. Um, the uh, So the luckily, the, the good thing about anime in the year 2022 is that anime is everywhere. Inuyasha mm-hmm. is streaming on like 12 different services right now. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. It's on uh, Crunchyroll because Crunchyroll and Funimation are now one thing like you can find this anywhere. And we were watching the first four episodes of, of Inuyasha season one episodes one through four, and that's going to kick off anime April next week. Uh, so now uh, miles uh, as we wrap up, we're let's get, to, let's let everybody know. I don't know why I can't talk. I'm just thinking about Elden ring and riding around on my horse. Yeah. I just want to go play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd. And you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. And in the meantime, gang, we're going to end shows. the show as we always do with a rousing nerd. nerd. Ouch. Ouch.